A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Uh, So hi, everyone. Uh, This is Anushka, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. Uh, if you have listened to the podcast, podcast series earlier, you will know uh, that our host is Paul. Uh, and well, we have a surprise element for you today. And the surprise is that tables have turned. <laughs> and uh, in the last conversation, we realized that our listeners uh, should get some more deep dive into Paul's life, uh, who is our host. And hence, uh, our today's guest speaker is Paul himself. Uh, Paul, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> it feels really strange hearing that, but thank you so much, Anushka. <laughs> how are you feeling with the, uh, how the word look like from the other side of the table? Um, strange. I can't, it's strange. I can't describe it any other way. You know, I, just as we started sort of, you know, recording there i was just about to jump in and say welcome listeners and world game changers and then you, you come straight in quite rightly and introduce <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, i've used yes. the word already but very strange <laughs> nice nice uh so uh as we know the format of the series uh we'll keep the conversation uh, conversation super fluid and uh, we don't have much of a thinking on what we'll do in this podcast, but I do have a theme in mind, which is soulmates. Um, I feel this is a topic which is um, quite well debatable and stands for different meanings for different people. Uh, so now some people say that soulmates are life partners or friends or lovers or family members, and the others say that they don't exist. Uh, so let's start with this question. What do you think about it? What do you think soulmates are for you? Um, like, as what do you, does Paul think about it? Mm. I mean, what a fascinating conversation and rich conversation this is. This is going to be Anushka. You're right. I mean, I think with all these two, with any words, it's all about the words and the meanings and the energy that's attached to a word. You know, whether that that word is soulmate or whether it's life life partner, doesn't matter what it is, it's really, you know, what lens are we looking at the world through? What does it mean to us? Because I think it's like you could have 100 people in the room ask them the same question, and you'd probably get 300 different answers, because people change their minds. Yeah, so, that's right. You know, I, I suppose the, the, the easiest way to try and, um, if this is even appropriate, I mean, it's such a fascinating topic this is but to try and gain some clarity listeners for you know what may resonate with you because it's it's what it's it's what's important to you and your model of the world which may be completely different to you know Anushka and I because we've not spoken about this in depth so we don't even know if we're aligned on this and that's why I say it's going to be fascinating so I think maybe to answer your question Anushka maybe a good way to to start the dance so to speak is to kind of have a look around the five differences between a soulmate and life partner because I think there's this whole confusion well which is which 
Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point, but then you are going to answer that first. <laughs> hmm. My take upon it is a soulmate is somebody who comes into your life to teach you, to enrich you, to push you, to transcend you into a higher state of being and consciousness. You know, somebody to help you really, really grow. And I don't mean necessarily physically, but I mean that inner being where, you know, that that soulmate really stretches you. And, you know, as a compo as um, compared to a life partner, is it more of a companion, who, you know, that reliable here and now trusty person? But, yeah, so the soulmate really gets inside you and um, helps you grow. That's being very simplistic. Is that a good starter for us, Anushka? Uh, yeah, I think. But I just uh, so you just said a keyword person. Uh, so by that, I feel that uh, you think soulmate can be just one person or do you think it can be different people across uh, different domains of your life? Like you can have one soulmate who's your work soulmate on one can be your uh, partner. Uh, what do you think about that? That different aspects of life have different soulmates or there's just one person? Yeah, again, what a fantastic question that is. No right or wrong answer for me. At the risk of oversimply, I think people come into our lives and influence us to teach us lessons. You know, what's that old saying for a reason, a season or a lifetime? I think that's one thing. But in terms of soulmates, that real deep, deep connection, and that can cross many frontiers. Um, I don't think there's too many of them. I don't think there's too many of them. You know, whether we have a good work colleague, a good a good lover, um, a good partner, whatever it may be. I think that's one thing. But that soulmate, somebody that really gets you. Uh, and, you know, as I've said, it can be so uncomfortable because, you know, that, that dance that evolves then at a deep, deep level, it's a bit like a dance that's taking place in, you know, if, if, if computers do dance. But when you go into the, the C drive of a computer, that you know, where the real programming takes place, I liken a soulmate to somebody that goes in there. Uh, they don't just alter the text on the screen. They alter your life in a big way. And so, yeah, I wouldn't sort of just say that there's one, um, but I've only ever experienced in my own life one at a time because I feel that the those kind of dynamics and relationships Anushka are so intense that to have more than one and it's never presented to me at any one time where I've had more than one um, I, I feel you dilute them and I'm not so sure that you have a say in it anyway because by definition you're connected at a soul level no that's a good point and I love the analogy of C drive I think that's a very good way of, uh, uh, I think, explaining it. Um, I do think uh, for myself, actually, uh, if I have to, and I think I might be coming only for my professional life, I think there are multiple people whom I can call soulmates for my work uh, vertical uh, because I can't just choose and pick between the people who have helped me in my professional journey and like, uh, and they are not a lot, but then a couple of people. And I think some of them help you with the emotional side of it and others help you with the uh, work side of it and, uh, you know, professional and personal kind of. Uh, but then, yeah, I think I'm not sure if I'll call them soulmates. I'll still call them like best buddies. <laughs> mm. But then, yeah, the I think definition is 
still yet to be figured out <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, yet again is an interesting point because, you know, when I look at my own journey, I've been very fortunate to have had some world-class mentors in my life, both personally and professionally. But in terms of the soulmates, people that have really gone into that sea drive of my world, I can count them on one hand. Nice, nice. And what do you think about like, uh, I know our viewers also know that you are uh, building world game changers and uh, that you have very ambitious goals for the same. Uh, how do you feel that one can prioritize between giving time to their soulmates um, or whoever it is and maintaining the kind of drive you have for your work at the same time? Because uh, I think that the kind of uh, relationship, if you have a C drive, it requires a reboot, it requires proper upgrades and proper time of yours. And if you're not giving that, uh, uh, it just doesn't stay mutual. So how do you maintain that with your work or drive forward game changes? Mm, yeah, again, I seem to be saying this every question, listeners, but that really is, that's almost a C drive type question. That really is a deep, meaningful question. And, and the answer, and I love the way you phrase that, Anushka, and the answer for me is very, very, very simple. I plug into source. Because if you imagine running your computer on its own battery, before long, it would go flat. And that's what we do as humans. We operate on our own batteries. Some would call it an ego, where we think we know best. And that surrendering, that letting it go, where we understand and we accept and we embrace that we need an external source or power supply. And that's going to be, that's going to be different for all of us. For me, that's a very, very deep, intimate, soulful relationship with source. Now, some people might call that God. Some might call it spirit. That, uh, you know, no apologies for repeating, is a deeply intimate personal relationship with each person, whoever you know, that uh, mode of source may be. So for me, Anushka, to answer that question, um, that brilliant question, how do I balance it? I keep plugging in. I keep plugging into source and I let go of what I want or what I think I want from an ego point of view, from an e human point of view. You know, does that mean I don't sit down and devise strategies and take action? Of course I do. I spent a lot of, I spend a lot of time on strategy, you know, reflecting on people, personalities, strengths, um, you know, areas of development, all that kind of thing. But ultimately, it's having the faith to know that the power is external and it will come through us as people in the context of what you've mentioned there, Anushka, as world game changers. And that's why we're growing and, and knitting together the way we are, because we're knitted together by something far bigger than our human selves. God, I just I just feel it. The more you uh, define uh, soulmates and how much, I'll not say giving, but how much considerate or how much balance you generally maintain or plan to maintain, I feel I'm so on the poles apart <laughs> uh, on that front. I uh, always felt that whenever I'm deep down into the work and so-called soulmate or bodies are like calling i always feel oh soulmate should understand if they are my soulmates like really and i think uh that's a very 
I'll not say a wrong way, but a very different way of looking at this uh, because you feel that um, uh, your soulmate or whoever is your uh, person who is with you should um, kind of support you in what you're doing. And then you don't know where to do a line there, like giving you support plus uh, giving you a kind of, a, 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 I will say, um, flexibility to like, achieve your dreams and do whatever you want but also not sacrificing enough for, on their own needs i think that's a huge balance which one has to maintain what do you think about like do you think it's difficult sometimes to balance that i think it can be and and i think you know for what it's worth i think you're absolutely right because you know when people come into 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 our world you know our calling our vocation whatever that may be you know the the soulmate because there will be a soulmate, Anushka, because they understand and they accept that, you know, to the other person, that is all important. That is their life and they will support. And conversely, that support goes, you know, goes both ways. So, you know, for argument's sake, say if I was with a, a soulmate partner and she was, I don't know, into something totally different. Um, I don't know, art, just let's say art or or, or building robots or mending computers. It doesn't matter what it is, or a dancer. It's, it, but my role within that soulmate connection is to support her on what she is doing in her world and her life and what's important to, to her and to give her that space. And, you know, reciprocally within my world of what's very important to me and my calling. So, yes, I do agree with you from, you know, when you put it in that context. Sure. Um, I think uh, since you were speaking and I was like thinking about this on the balance of both, uh, I know you have gone through a lot in your life uh, um, and uh, you feel free to skip the question if you want to. I know um, you have dealt a lot with your mental health um, and have come out strong. Um, for me, I have uh, dated a person who was going through a lot um, 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 uh, on the mental health front. And I always wondered if I'm doing right by the person and by me as well, uh, because it can be draining and exhausting at times if you are uh, kind of supporting someone who is going through a lot. Uh, so how do you think for you on both sides of the table, as a person who is on the uh, supporter side and the person who is a supportive side. How do you feel one can balance that and what's the right way to handle these kinds of situations? The So looking at it from the perspective of when I was going through decades of darkness, I was extremely blessed to have had some very special ladies in my life that showed me love, showed me loyalty, showed me support beyond, beyond over and above, you know, I was drinking every through my drink addiction. I was getting in fights because of the, you know, the mindset that I carried through from, from my younger survival days. Um, so I, I often look back. Um, I, I mean, I don't dwell on it massively, Anushka, other than to reflect with gratitude and remind myself of the immense, immense power of what uh, the late, great Dr. Wayne Dyer called the divine feminine and that all-powerful, that all-conquering love. And I think as a massive generalisation, sometimes guys, or should I say the more masculine energy, struggle to acknowledge that. I don't. I've come to know that power. 
So what helped me through my darkness, um, somehow there was a faith there. I got that faith from a very, very, very early age. There was something that burned very deep inside me. I couldn't intellectualize it. I couldn't rationalize it. I couldn't make sense of it. But it was one of those just knowing in a way that you couldn't make any sense of it, but you knew that there was something, you know, why I was meant to be on this earth, even though I hadn't got a clue what it was, um, other than telling myself at the end, at the age of 13 and a half, when I just um, come out of a failed suicide attempt, and I remember the words, I will, from now on, I will always fight for the underdog. They were the exact words that I said. I probably didn't even realize what, what they meant in their true true wording, Anushka, but I will fight for the underdog. What I meant was I'm never going to run again. I'm going to look every bully in the eye and I'm going to try and help and protect those that can't help and protect themselves. Now, the irony of that was I was in such a mess myself. Um, but that love of, of girls in my earlier life, girlfriends and then women in my later life, has been absolutely priceless beyond description in a way that and in a time for many years, I didn't even love myself. I hated myself because I had all these deservedness issues, limiting beliefs, everything that had been conditioned from an early age. But that, you know, that faith to know I was here for a reason and that sustenance from the love of womankind was beyond description. So any questions around that one before I flip over to the other side of the coin, Anushka? I think, you know, uh, um, I was very, uh, so it's, it's amazing actually to have that kind of support in your life because I think people, and my follow-up question was this only, that how do you suggest people who don't have their soulmates and who are still searching for one and going through um, some things? And during pandemic, I know people are uh, staying at home, their mental health is affected a lot. How do you think these people uh, who don't have proper support can deal with this? Like now, since you have come out strong, you might have a better coping mechanism just um, than just to have like one uh, in which uh, someone uh, is uh, like supports you or soulmate supports you. Because I know a lot of us are in search of soulmates still and um, still figuring out life meanwhile. I recently did a, uh, somebody interviewed me recently around the topic of hope. And I think there was looking for that kind of one answer. And I think we do that as human beings. We want that one definitive answer. You know, what does hope mean? What does love mean? What does faith mean? What does this mean? What does soulmate mean? You know, like it's the, the, you know, the silver bullet, the one big thing, the answer to everything. And my answer to that, Anushka, in, in terms of focus of hope, was this. And it's got a relevance to the great question you've just asked. So when we talk about um, hope and love and faith, for me, love is the mother of faith and is the grandmother of hope. So let's just slow that down. Love is the mother of of faith and is the grandmother of hope. So there's almost like, um, you know, a hierarchy there. Love sits at the top, love conquers all. And I know that's a cliche, but boy, does it conquer all. 
because when you look at, at you know you've mentioned about my dark challenging journey the one thing the thread that kept me there was love was love and as i say at a time when i didn't love myself i hated myself and that was for years so let's take that word hope as the grandchild if you like the the younger uh, i'm not going to say the lesser that would be wrong to say the lesser but through that hope so i'm on my own let's imagine a person's on their own they're totally cut off they've got no support network they're in a desperate dark place as i was for decades of my life Okay, what do you do? It's, I read something around hope recently, Anushka, that says when all else fails and everything's stripped back, the only thing that you're left with in nakedness is hope. And that's very true. And I think then the only way is up. Because when you're at kind of rock bottom desperate, there's that choice we can make. And it is a choice of Okay, I'm going to believe in hope because hope will build a muscle that will lead me to faith and faith will build a muscle that will lead me to love. And we do get to a stage where that self-love does start to come into our lives. I don't personally totally subscribe to that. And I'm flying off a little bit of a tangent here that self-love is all we need. I think self-love is critically important. But to say it's all that we need, for me, that doesn't work. I think, you know, you used a word at the top of this conversation called balance. It's a balance to be able to give love, you know, to be able to communicate on our computer, our phones. We need to have some charge, some power to be able to give it. So to somebody that's really struggling now, and they, they, they seem devoid of hope. I think it's just taking yourself out the main, you know, what it, whatever it is that you normally do, just try something a little bit different. You know, things that I used to do, go and sit in a field and just lay down and listen to the birds sing. And, and you know, just real simple, simple, basic things. And this, this is a really crazy one as well. But look in the mirror and, and actually kiss that mirror, even though you feel like garbage inside just kiss that mirror and tell that person how much you love that person and at first that might feel like you're conning yourself because you don't you feel horrible and that can be really difficult to then look at yourself in the mirror and kiss the mirror and say do you know what you're a beautiful soul but bit by bit by bit that will change things i guarantee it but reach out to somebody. We might not have a great lover in our life or, you know, an infrastructure of family. But one of the things I found, Anushka, is the power of spirit within human nature. It's amazing how many people out there are, are prepared to just listen. I don't know, share a cup of coffee, go for a walk, whatever, be there for you. But we as individuals, we have a, a little thing called an ego. I'm too proud to ask for help. I'm not going to ask for help. And yet again, at the risk of stereotyping and generalizing, you find this a lot more with the masculine energy of no stiff up a lip. You know, it's certainly something I've been very aware of as a Brit. It's part of the British culture. I can't comment too much around other cultures. I would say it's actually part of the human culture. The Brits have not got the monopoly on that, but certainly it's very strong within the British culture. Does that help at all, Anushka? 
Uh, yeah, I think there are some very good advice there. I agree with uh, most of the points you mentioned. I think um, for me, I think um, as you were mentioning that uh, the, it starts with hope and I think self-love. Um, I feel if you, um, the moment you have a little bit of energy, which kind of manifests self-love, uh, you start attracting that kind of energy more. And uh, even if you don't have a soulmate or someone who's to look after you, I think eventually you might be attracting that kind of energy. So while sitting on a park, if you are just trying to be there, and um, I think that might help you to attract the right people energy. And as long as you're open and the ego is not there, uh, it might do wonders for like uh, your progress towards a, a better mental health that way. I absolutely agree with that. You do attract, you know, the the language. The you know, we're going back right to the top of this uh, podcast um, dance conversation around the words. The words, the story. We are master storytellers. So just slightly flipping back to the question you asked previously around, you know, how do we break out of this this rut? Just be mindful of the story you tell yourself. And yet again. That can be difficult to tell yourself a really strong, empowering story when you feel like garbage inside. You feel like, you know, I, I, you know those, those decades of having that self-loathing, that lack of self-respect and that guilt, that shame, um, anger, all this negative, toxic, low vibrational stuff that can very, very easily, very easily take over our lives. So the big, the simple thing really is, is to become aware that wherever we are in our lives, Nushka, we are storytellers, first and foremost. You know, you go back to the days of the caveman. What, there's nothing more better than to sit around a campfire and tell stories. Uh, now, how do I know that? Was I around in those days? No, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not that old. Um, but you look at the science and the way energy is transferred and the, the power of conversation and just being able to talk to somebody. This is why podcasts and, you know, the, the written word in books and stories is so powerful because people just want to be heard. And so just be mindful of what story are you telling yourself? I think it was Henry Ford, the, the car maker, when he said, if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. Either way, you choose the language that you want to tell yourself, because either way, you're going to be right. So just be careful about the words you use. You know, even jokingly, when, you know, if we drop something or make a mistake and we kind of self-criticize in a, in a, you know, what we think is a loving, joking way. Oh, Paul, you silly so-and-so. Fancy dropping the bottle of milk, you know, I'm being polite there. And you kind of have that moment of anger or frustration and you, you might even curse at yourself for, for doing that. Just be careful on that, listeners, because the subconscious is listening all the time. It's looking for cues. It's looking for clues as well around, OK, what command are you giving me? What are you telling me next? Oh, you're telling me you're an idiot, are you? Note to self, Paul is an idiot. Even me conversing with that Anushka. I'm very mindful of sending that message down into subconscious to say, actually, Paul, no, you're not an idiot. You know, when I look in the mirror when I'm having a shave, it's like, 
Paul, you're a real handsome young boy. And I'm flirting with the mirror and I'm creating that fun-loving, energetic, using, using language like calling myself a boy. I mean, I'll tell you this, Anushka, I'm, I'm quite fearful of getting losing my teenage years now. I'm getting into my 20s. No, I can believe that. I see. Uh, I think you can throw all your tantrums in your teenage and now in 20s, it's going to be tough for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I'd ask you for advice, but you're, you know, you're only a young slip of a, a teenager yourself. So, I, you know, um, but anyway, hope that all makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. And while you were saying that, I was just thinking about this, that uh, I was reading uh, this the other day. Um, uh, I am quite uh, conscious about what I'm eating these days because, uh, you know, we tend to eat a lot of junk during pandemic. And I was like very conscious of what I'm eating because that tells how productive I'll be for my work, etc. And then I was going through some articles and found this that it's very, very important what you're feeding your mind. Uh, so the shows you watch on Netflix, the articles you read, whatever you're feeding it people you talk to i think the energy and what you're giving to your mind uh you're telling subconsciously something to your mind and i think that happens me with me a lot of times when i'm watching some netflix series if i see something very very uh, relatable uh, you generally start feeling that way for a longer period of time even after you have shut down the series and i think what you're feeding your mind is also as important like how you feed your stomach with the right food you also feed your mind with the right uh, appetite and that's very very important absolutely and i have a 100 percent agree with that and i have an analogy for that which is quite i wouldn't say crude but it's quite it's quite point blank and it's this so imagine and i love what you've brought into play there imagine every day if we had 50 bags of chips and 50 beef burgers and 20 bottles of fizzy Coke or fizzy drinks, sugary drinks every day, we'd soon become very unhealthy, very unhealthy. And it's the same thing. You're quite right. You know, our body, it will take out of it what we put into it. So what it does is obviously... As we, as we ingest food and drink, it will take the goodness. And for goodness, in the context of our other self, I mean learning, the lessons, and it will pass the rest as waste. So that's what we do. Irrespective of what our diet is, our body takes the nutrients, you know, the vitamins, the calcium, the proteins, carbohydrates, the acids, etc., etc., and it passes the rest as waste. So that's the biological part of our human body. So flipping that over to our mind, the same principle applies. If we're feeding garbage into our mind, we're actually going to get rid of garbage. But the big difference here, Anushka, is we don't get rid of garbage. So you can have 50 bags of, of crisps and chips and, and 50 beef burgers and 20 fizzy drinks every day and become you know, unhealthy physically. But you will still pass that as waste. But we do the same thing with, with our minds. We feed it garbage. The only big difference is we don't get rid of that garbage. So my question when I when I when I pose this to people is this: What would happen if you didn't go to toilet and pass waste? You would die. You would die. There's no two ways about it. 
Okay, so that's fairly simple. So why is it then that on the, the mental side with our mind, when we don't get rid of the waste, we're dying. We're dying. We need no, to get rid of that waste. And, and we don't. It's, you know, to, to offer a different metaphor, it's a bit like having weeds in the garden. We need to cultivate our minds in our garden and keep picking those toxic things out to get rid of that waste from our minds because it will take root. And before we know where we are, it will take over our lives and dominate. And all the beautiful thoughts and energy and everything that we have, and we naturally are, it will begin to strangle that and will be dominated by dark negative thoughts. I think most people call that depression. And that's something that I can personally testify to um, coming through my, own, uh, through my own journey. So a bit of a graphic example, Anushka, but hopefully that makes some kind of sense. No, yeah, that, that does. And I think uh, uh, this is something which I think a lot of people are working on. They do yoga. Like I personally, I'm a big believer of yoga. I think that keeps me sane. Um, people do meditation and uh, a mix of yoga and meditation. There are other ways as well. As you say that people used to talk um, to each other while in the uh, stone age. And, they, uh, and that's how they used to kind of uh, take the stress out of things. And like, uh, I think there are different, different ways to which people can feed the right things to their minds, give the right energy. Uh, but then doing that is very, very important. Uh, I know we come across many, many instances and uh, phases or people who kind of feed things in your head. And I think it's required uh, that you kind of reboot or like kind of uh, clean up your seed wipes time to time to kind of uh, make the system work how it is supposed to be working. Mm, definitely. It is, you know, life... I've come to understand is a very, very simple game. Once you start to understand one or two fundamental, hasten to use the term, but rules, you know, kind of understanding one or two basic principles. Um, we, you know, we, our needs are quite simple, but we allow our mind to become toxic um, because it's unfit and it, be, it begins to bully us. We tell ourselves disempowering stories. We become victims. And, and this whole kind of downward spiral. So it's about taking control back. But that simplicity is, you know, just, just get back in touch with yourself and be aware of what a powerful, powerful, powerful storyteller you are. And even, you know, I, I did this when I didn't understand the science behind it years ago. I would talk to myself. You know, I would have some really, really dark, nasty thoughts. But I, I'd, I'd sort of speak them out. There was nobody else in the room. What I was doing was telling myself a story. Okay, Paul, right. so you, you're going to go into the pub today, aren't you? Yep, I'm going to go to the pub. And what are you going to do today? I'm going to have a fight with that guy because I don't like what happened. I don't like the way he did this or he did that. Right, Paul, don't do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, and all this, and I was creating a self-fulfilling prophecy it was part of that downward spiral or helping the weeds grow even stronger in the beautiful flower bed until I broke that cycle and said, no, I'm going to start to tell myself a different story. I even had a name, Anushka, for that character, that negative downtrodden character. His name was Shuffleful. My, my nickname for myself was Shuffleful 
because I was like uh, an old man shuffling his feet along the ground, shoulders slumped, head bowed, poor old me. Why does this always happen to me? No, this doesn't happen to anybody else. Note to self, Paul, snap out of this. You have a choice, boy. You have a choice. Do something about it. Tell yourself a different story. No, I think that makes perfectly sense. Um, and now since you're coming out of your teenager to your 20s, uh, I think uh, there are a lot of experiences of yours. And especially I would like to ask this, uh, as you're moving in your 20s, uh, and you think you are becoming wiser a little bit, or maybe. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Huh? How do you kind of constrain the negative energy around you or people around you who feed negative things? Or, you know, might uh, feed negative things. How do you say no to them? How do you stop or build walls around you to kind of filter out or reflect back what they are saying? Uh, how's, how does that work for you? Music. And what, what you said there, this, and I've, I've kind of attempted this song before. Um, it's an old uh, Barry Manilow um, <laughs> record, Anushka. And I mean, I'll just offer listeners, you probably remember this. I've, I've tried to think of it, but it perfectly answers Anushka's question when Manilow said, Spirit, move me, build my world around you. And that's what I do. I build my world around me. So it's almost like this wall around me and it's like a one way people can come in if they've got beautiful energy. But if they come in with sort of negative, toxic energy or intentions, the wall protects me. And what that buys me enough time to make a, a decision about. And I will actually even say to people, I'm sorry, I think we're, we have different thought processes here. And that's not a judgment. That's not judging to say I'm right and they're wrong. What that's saying is I value myself, I respect myself, and I love myself, and I choose not to let you into my garden. So thank you. It's been interesting, the conversation or how, whatever the dynamic is, but no, thank you. And, and it's having that, setting those boundaries, Anushka, and having that awareness to know what's around you. You know, I've even stood in a bus queue um, or in a queue in general and felt that negative energy. And I've actually walked to the back of the queue to get out of that. And there's no direct conversation. You could just feel the energy. So I won't put myself in that position where that energy is dominating because it can soon become a very, very big bully. And I won't allow that to happen because I have a choice in that. No, that makes perfect sense, actually. Um, and I think a very good way to kind of shut down the negative energy uh, and stay sane. Uh, I think that's very, very important in today's world, especially uh, since we have so much noise around us. It's important that we just filter out the ones which we want uh, to listen to. Uh, I think we're coming to the end of the podcast. So I have uh, one last last question for you. Um, uh, as we know, like this question is something which is like generic uh, kind of for a podcast. So what do you think our listeners are seeing in next few months or this year? Uh, from your podcast and what all is in the bucket uh, for the listeners? Mm. Authenticity. You know, we're looking for, I've said this many times, we're always looking for that one word, that silver bullet, that one answer. Um, authenticity. People want to know, people, 
Anushka are in search of truth. They want to know that where, where does that truth lie? It lies within yourself. You know, we, we look outside for answers. The answers are not outside. They're within. Search within. And that's what this podcast is about, really. Having open, honest, sometimes earthy, graphic conversations around, you know, the reality of life and not sugarcoating it and dressing it up and, you know, and says saying that the sun shines every day. We know that the sun is there, but it's having the faith to know that the sun might not be shining at the moment, but it will shine maybe tomorrow or if not the day after. And it's having that faith. So, to you know, at the risk of repeating, Anushka, the one word I think I would leave is, um, is, is that authenticity. And that comes from within. You have it already. We all have it. Just tell yourself a story to go in and find it. That's a good conclusion. A story to tell which is authentic. Mm. Uh, anyway, I think we are end of the time. Uh, I'm not sure though how much do we run for it. I think this is it, right? Um, I know our listeners are like obsessed with you right now and really want to listen to you more and more. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, we have to end the podcast. And this is this was Paul, your host, and this time your guest speaker. And this is Anushka. Uh, we sign off and I hope you love the podcast and would love to know your suggestions, if any, for the next one. And I'd just like to pay homage, listeners, to um, what was essentially a very, very good... Well, I think it was. I certainly enjoyed, you know, being part of that. Uh, a very, very, very good host. So, Anushka, immense gratitude to you for... Uh, yeah, for allowing me to be on my podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was fun. Okay, so there we have it, listeners. We're going to sign off there by saying, as we always do, or as I always do, um, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>